The Writer Files, a member of the Podglomerate Network. Greetings, scribes. Just a quick break to recommend our recent sponsor's Book of the Month. Book of the Month makes reading better by offering members a few new book selections each month to help you cut through the noise, save time, and make it easier to decide what to read next. Each month, the editorial team reads through hundreds of new titles and picks five to seven of the best new books for you to choose from. All of these books are good, so you really can't go wrong. Book of the Month helps readers like you and I find books that we wouldn't normally discover on our own. The cool part is selections largely focus on new and upcoming authors in multiple genres. Book of the Month also recently launched curated audiobooks, so members can get a hardcover or an audiobook each month, which you can then download and listen to right in the app. This month, I chose A Little Supernatural Fair in Murder Road by New York Times bestselling author Simone St. James, described as the story of a young couple that find themselves haunted by a string of gruesome murders committed along an old deserted road in this terrifying new novel. Just go to bookofthemonth.com to pick your first book and join Book of the Month. That's bookofthemonth.com. And for a limited time, you can join and get that first book for just $9.99 with the code CHIRP. That's C-H-I-R-P. Enjoy. Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Rainmaker FM. Hey there, and welcome back to the Writer Files. This is part two of a special edition of the show we traditionally call Writer Porn. I'm your host, Calvin Reed, and this week, writer, educator, and co-founder of Prolifico, Beck Evans, returned to conclude our chat about writer personality types, productivity secrets, and understanding your writing psychology. Beck's the co-founder of Prolifico, a new digital coach aimed at helping writers beat writer's block and find writing routines that work best for them. It's been called the Fitbit for Writers. Prolifico, set to launch in April 2018, is a system based on neuroscience and psychology designed to help writers reflect on and improve their productivity with a small steps methodology. Ms. Evans has worked with thousands of writers throughout her career and used to run the Ted Hughes Center for Writing, an international writing school in the UK. She writes about productivity, writing habits and routines, and is currently working on a book about innovation. In part two of this file, Beck and I talk about why there's never been a one-size-fits-all productivity track for writers, tricks and tools for beating procrastination, why you need to build a practical, manageable system to support your craft, the number one thing that separates good writers from great writers, what a regular writing habit does to your brain, and one critical piece of advice writers cannot ignore. And if you missed the first half of this show, you can find it in the archives at writerfiles.fm, on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you tune in, and in the show notes. Stay tuned. The Writer Files is brought to you by the all-new Studio Press Sites, a turnkey solution that combines the ease of an all-in-one website builder with the flexible power of WordPress. It's perfect for authors, bloggers, podcasters, and affiliate marketers, as well as those selling physical products, digital downloads, and membership programs. 
If you're ready to take your WordPress site to the next level, see for yourself why over 200,000 website owners trust StudioPress. Go to rainmaker.fm slash studiopress now. That's rainmaker.fm slash studiopress. And if you're a fan of the writer files, please click subscribe to automatically see new interviews as soon as they're published. I mean, challenges are a brilliant way for people to get started, but they don't work for everybody. And I think this is what I'm so interested in is there's no one size fits all productivity advice. You've got to kind of figure out what works for you. And that's why I'm I'm a big fan of tracking stuff in my own life, because you start to see patterns and then that then you can make the most of those and, you know, turn them to your advantage. And if you go back to the kind of the neuroscience of habits, so much of that's around um, reward, you know, getting that kind of dopamine hit. And one thing I've found with writers is the thing they use to procrastinate with, if you turn that into a reward after they've done a short session, you know, if they're using a Pomodoro or even if they're just doing it for five minute writing session to get started, Mm -hmm. you know, instead of looking at Twitter or Facebook before your writing session, do a writing session and look at it immediately afterwards. And you can do very simple tricks like that, that give you um, that that reward and that that feeling of pleasure that you get, but it's not it's not procrastinating anymore. Yeah, yeah. And you know, you would probably agree that procrastination tends to be a part of the creative process. Obviously, Um, we need productive procrastination or kind of an incubation phase where we are kind of uh, doing some of the work in the background. I've spoken about that also with uh, neuroscientist Michael Gribko quite a bit. We did a we did a, an episode on writer's block. We've done recently an episode on imposter syndrome. But yeah, it's all it's all tied together, right? All of these pieces. And it's hard to wrap your head around, I think as a writer who really, most of us just want to, you know, get the words down or just, you know, be, get in that flow state. And and it's so hard sometimes, especially in our hyper distracted cult of busyness, right? It is. And I, I just recommend that writers use whatever tools and accountability structures they can to, to help them. And it's really about building a system that, that works for you. And that starts with understanding what your kind of triggers and motivations, understanding why you write, understanding what you want to get from it, and then how you're going to approach that in practical, manageable ways and fit it into your busy life. Yeah. It's just, I, I always like to think about, you know, you don't necessarily want a habit, you just want a system you want to draw on all the support you can to make to make it happen whether you're a professional writer like a you know an academic or um you know if you've got books commissioned and needing to get off to publishers or you know hobbyists who are just starting out and got these burning desires to get their their words on the page and their ideas into the world yeah yeah i'm kind of curious what your take on just to kind of maybe sidestep a little bit on what your take on something like the oft ridiculed uh 10,000 hours is well i i believe greatly in deliberate practice and i think the only way to become a better writer is is to keep writing i mean i believe in being you know prolific because you don't actually know which of your ideas which of your stories which of you you know what what's going to turn out 
well so you have to keep keep writing and building that up over time um, will make you better Um, so I know you can't necessarily put a particular time frame onto it but it's about that that grit and persistence and if we go back to the time when I was at the writing center I really found that when we used to have uh, so famous writers would would come and tutor or give talks every single week and you can see very quickly when you're watching um, established writers talk day after day you can see those patterns and what differentiated them wasn't necessarily their talent or their ideas it was their persistence yeah. and everybody the we everybody loved sharing that story of you know how did you start writing or how did you fit it in and time and time again people would be talking about having full-time jobs getting up early Mm. you know getting the kids off to school people squeezed into the nooks and crannies and it was their persistence in doing doing that that kind of gave them the edge and gave them the breakthrough you do hear the lucky stories people who just turn out a first novel and it's perfect Mm. but that it's i don't think (laughs) From the many thousands of writers I've worked with, that that doesn't happen very often. Yeah, yeah. That overnight success um, is always uh, dubious because there's really <laughs> no no such thing. And so many writers who've been dubbed, you know, kind of the the, the overnight success, la- they just laugh in the face of that <laughs> uh, title because the- they're like, uh, yeah, t- the ten year overnight success. Try try that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I believe that so much of so many life experiences contribute to our writing that, uh, you know, it's all kind of grist for the mill, so to speak. Oh, absolutely. But yeah, um, I was thinking of another writer and, and you're, you, you reminded me of this fantastic thriller author. I believe he's British. I'm just looking for the episode right now. Mark Dawson. So best-selling thriller author Mark Dawson has this great story, as so many best-selling authors do, about the early parts of his career, kind of having failures, um, and then his prolific output over one year on the train to and from his real job, um, where he wrote and self-published I think one million words in a single year uh, because he found that sweet spot on the train. He said, noise canceling headphones, no internet connection. All he could do is sit there at a table in the cafe on the train and write. And yeah, it's such an excellent story that, and it's phenomenal. I mean, the idea of a million words, but exactly, he figured out what his time and his space was. And yeah. what I really like best about habits and as as humans that we are habit forming, we, we quite quickly get to the stage that if you do start writing regularly, it feels really weird when you stop. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I imagine that year he, he, he couldn't get on a train and probably not write. It would feel wrong. <laughs> he would probably feel like he was cheating himself. Yeah. And so it might be hard to establish a habit but you know you've got it when it feels wrong when you when you're not doing that and associating it with times and places sometimes it can be you know headphones music particular tricks that people use to to trigger that moment you know you should we should all seek them out and hold on to the ones when they work for us 
This episode is brought to you by JLL. Get an insider view into the world of commercial real estate with JLL's podcast, Trends and Insights, the Future of Commercial Real Estate. Whether you're curious about making cities more sustainable, the evolution of office space, or AI opportunities, this podcast will help keep you a step ahead. Tune in for candid conversations with business leaders about the biggest trends impacting how we live, work, and play. Subscribe to Trends and Insights now at jll.com slash podcast. Well, you talk about grit and persistence, and and I know we've chatted about drive and determination. I'm curious, like, just with the number of different types of writers that you've rubbed elbows with over the years, do you feel like there is a group or maybe a batch of aspiring writers who maybe are in it for the wrong reason maybe there's something about the the romance part of it romantic piece of it that draws them to kind of writing but then they realize that there's also a piece of it that's incredibly tedious and and somewhat boring <laughs> being a writer <laughs> no i mean it is it, it's it's hard work and it can be very very boring and it can be quite depressing when it's not going well but I used to be a lot more judgmental about that. I know when I was at the writer centre, sometimes a writer might come once a year and they go, I can't write at any other time of the year. I can only write here. And it's, it, I used to kind of, it used to make me feel quite angry. It's like, well, you're never going to finish a novel if you only write one week <laughs> a year. Um, yeah. But actually, I've, I've, I've softened more and I've realised that it's giving them a pleasure that nothing else is giving them in their life. You know, that when you get in that flow and when it goes well, that is an amazing thing. And I think that's a gift to anybody. Um, but you're right. I used to, we did used to joke quite a lot at the centre that writers do have different personalities and you find that, you know, poets had a lot in common or theatre writers. I always, always used to say that poets, would, they were always dreadful at washing up. The kitchen was always a tip <laughs> and that, that theatre writers would always stay up the latest and drink the most and that the film writers, would they would get up the latest. The novelists were the most intense. They were the quietest. They, they really worked incredibly hard. Hmm. And it was sort of like you could tell you, when you walked in on a week, you could tell what type of writer it was from the atmosphere or the mess or the number of empty wine bottles around. That is hilarious. The number of empty wine bottles. <laughs> quite quite the writing life there. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. So, you know, I mean, I think uh, Emma Donahue, who's, who's also been on this show, spoke about how many novelists she meets that uh, don't plan or don't plot or outline and so many young novelists come to her and say i've finished a third of a book or you know i have these different thirds of novels but they 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 have a hard time finishing and um i don't know maybe prolifico offers something (laughs) as a rem of a remedy for because finishing is such a big part of you know if you are going to undertake something as daunting as a novel, which, you know, ten, ten, they, they tend traditionally to be in the 90 to 100,000 word arena, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's some really interesting debates around this between the kind of pa- planners and the pansters. And I actually, I think they're both as likely to get stuck in the middle. Um, 
the, the, the blocks they both face could be the same. I know some some amazing novelists who don't plan, who just they they find the story as they write it. And that is their process. But they don't necessarily procrastinate. It's just that is their writing process for for finding the story. And, you know, you will hear novelists talk about just writing you know, three or four hundred thousand words to be able to get 70 to 80 for a novel, because in there is is the story. But what planning does have the advantage of is you have a roadmap. And if you get stuck at one point, you, you just move to the next bit. And I think particularly with screenwriters and nonfiction writers where they have to do book proposals mm-hmm. or screenwriters do outlines, you can jump around. You don't write in sequence. And you just think, I'm just going to go to this scene or I'm going to go to this chapter. And having a plan means that whenever you sit down at your desk, you can you can pick one of them out. I've got uh, novelist friends who put use them on, you know, these little cards, index cards. Mm-hmm. And they would literally just rummage through and pick one out at random. And that's the scene they write interesting, because interesting. it's planned and they know how to how to do it. What's your take on uh, what's your take on Scrivener? Uh, Scrivener is it's it's why we say it's like it's a marmite you either love it or you hate it <laughs> right um and it's it it just seems to fall into that category it's when people you have so many scrivener evangelists that the planning and the tools that that it has within the system is amazing but personally i i, I struggle to get get into it mm-hmm. um and i know other people who are the same but i think it's one of those tools which you've got to, you've got to, you just try them all out experiment with everything um yeah and scrivener is it's it's an absolute classic and it works for so many people. I mean, I, I recommend it to lots and lots of people. I feel like we've, we've covered this ground before, but, you know, tur- turning off the notifications that come at you at a million miles an hour, disconnecting from Slack, you know, what, what's your th- feeling about, I know there's a couple different options for just kind of like disconnecting. Maria Konnikova talked about using the Freedom app. Have you used that one? Yeah, I've tried that one. And I've done things like just literally turn off the Wi-Fi. No. Um, and I, I I generally don't keep my phone with me because I can find I'm typing and then suddenly my left hand is kind of moving across my desk to pick up my phone, even though it's out of sight. So it's just, you know, you, you mm-hmm, have to mm-hmm. switch off notifications. They they do interrupt. If you're on a research day, then it's fine to be online and to, to you want to kind of explore and be creative and go down different avenues and wormholes. But if you need to get the words on the page, if you're busy and you've had to schedule time and it's precious, you know, really protect it. Do whatever you can, switch everything off, put on those headphones, turn off the internet. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I have to put my phone out of arm's reach. That's yeah. that's my solution <laughs> because yeah. otherwise I will pick it up for no reason. Even if it's off, I'll pick it up and, and yeah. touch it. There's some interesting, yeah, there's some research emerging on that, that even having your phone within sight will, will ruin your concentration. And it's, I know it's true for me anecdotally. Yeah. Yeah. I've this, this year I've had to turn off all breaking news (laughs) notifications, um, for obvious reasons, but, uh, it's been an important step for me. And, uh, (laughs) well, this is all so much fun to chat with you about. I'm sure we could talk for days about different productivity hacks and i am a huge fan um i actually had the uh, honor to write uh, well you interviewed me for prolifico yeah. and i did uh 
a little write-up on uh, productivity secrets, and I will link to that over on Prolifico also. Yeah, so you are presently not only launching uh, Prolifico here in the spring, it sounds like, and of course we'll link to the site and information about, um, are you calling it an app? It's, it works on phones and on computers. It's a responsive website, but people, you use it just like an app. So yeah, Fantastic. whatever your device of choice is. Yeah. Before we uh, say a little bit more about that launch coming up, I understand you also are working on a, on a uh, are you working on a nonfiction? I am, yeah. So my background when I worked in publishing was on innovation. And I'm really fascinated about giving people those I suppose the tricks of the trade that help them turn their ideas into action. So it's just going through the sorts of systems and tricks and habits that people who work in startups and in innovation uh, to, to build their ideas and get them out into the world. Cool. So I have a feeling you are doing quite a bit of research for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it goes in phases. So I'm not <laughs> at a research stage at the moment. Uh, but yeah, no, that's, it did require, it was very research heavy to start with. Well, do you have any other titles or resources that you want to share, uh, with, with your fellow scribes, um, that you are kind of stuck on recently or that you, that you want to recommend to writers? It would be amazing if you, as you said, link to Prolifico. We, we interview lots of different writers like you do. Well, that's a great point. That's a great point because you have all these great categories over on the Prolifico blog, including, I'll just mention a few, creativity, goal setting, research, et cetera, et cetera, writing habits, writing productivity, which you know we obviously overlap on a lot yeah. of those categories. And there's so many great resources. Um, Prolifico has interviewed and, and researched a lot of this stuff. Obviously, the neuroscience and psychology piece plays uh, a big role over there. So I will link to Prolifico. Um, do you want to say anything else about the upcoming launch or kind of things that you have planned over there? Yeah, I mean, we are, we've been working with writers and testing various methods and tricks and psychological tools and we're just pulling all those prototypes together into the platform we are busy beta testing it at the moment and it goes live in april but the idea is it's not at all for distraction we don't want people to spend ages using it it should be very simple just be able to go in set a goal identify your next step set yourself a deadline and get the kind of accountability and nudges you need to stick to it and then get on with your writing that's the most important piece of advice is do do the writing. That's so important because, you know, as soon as, a, as, soon as an app promises to make your life easier, you know yeah. that uh, you should be wary. But um, yeah, getting out of the way so that writers can do the most important thing, get those words onto the page. Prolifico, the new uh, upcoming digital coach to help writers beat writing writer's block and find writing routines that work for them. I love it. Of course, we'll link to that. We'll be very, very interested to see how that uh, launch goes for you. And um, best of luck with the Fitbit for writers. <laughs> Thank you very much. I can't <laughs> wait to tell you how it all goes. Yeah. Well, please come back. Hopefully we can do another one of these geek out sessions, maybe get uh, your co-founder on here at some Definitely. point to wrap with us also. And uh, we look forward to uh, the launch of Prolifico. Excellent. It's been a pleasure. Thank you, Kelton.
Thanks so much for joining us for this half of a tour of the writer's process. If you enjoy The Writer Files, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts to help other writers find us. And for more episodes or just to leave a comment or a question, you can always drop by writerfiles.fm and chat with me on Twitter at Kelton Reed. Cheers. Talk to you next week. Bye.